Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. All right, this is the grand finale of our teaching series on joy. Have you been blessed? Hallelujah. You see, when we move to a new teaching series, it doesn't mean that we've left the lifestyle, left all that we've learned. It just means we have a different emphasis. But you can't really experience spiritual growth if you forget. So you have to learn to retain in your consciousness the things that you learned so that we can move on from there. So I'm going to start today by doing a brief recap of some important things that we said and then we move on. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. One of the most brilliant presentations of the gospel in the Old Testament. It was a prophecy of the Messiah and what he was to come and do. Praise the Lord. Some of you will look for that Zephaniah till we are done. Some of you did not even try. Say, let me know. Let me know for myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Open it. Open it. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> you think I'm joking? Open it. <laughs> All right. Read together. One, two, go. Hallelujah. You see, God has suffered a great character assassination in the hands of religion. And he has been presented to be who he is not. A lot of us cannot even picture a smiling God. Much less a laughing God. How much more? A singing God. But here, the Bible says... The Lord thy God in the midst of thee, which by, I've told you time and again, that was a prophecy of the incarnation of Christ. That's Emmanuel, God with us. Alright, God manifests in the flesh. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty, and he's mighty to save. And when he has saved, the Bible says he will rest in his love. The originals say he will rest because of his love. Praise the name of the Lord. He will rest because the demands of justice have been met on your behalf. And then what will be his response to his work? He says, he will joy over thee with joy. And he will joy over thee singing. So God, by prophecy, is declared to be so impressed with his redemptive work that he's going to sing about it. Praise the name of the Lord. So God's response to your salvation is a joyful response. He's delighted. He delights in you. Song I wrote River says, I delight to be your delight. You delight to be my delight. Hallelujah. And that's so true. 
That's so true. And now you come to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7. So in Zephaniah 3.17, you see God's response to his redemptive work. Ephesians 2 verse 7 now tells you that he anticipates your response to salvation. So I did something great. I'm happy about it. I'm singing about it. But I want to see how they will also respond. You see that? And in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7, it says that in the ages to come, he might show, display, show off the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So, you see that he's happy about what he did. Now he's like, I can't wait for you to hear this gospel. You're going to love it. Hallelujah. I said all this to say this. It is rude for you not to respond to the gospel with delight. It's rude. Some of you, have you found yourself in that precarious situation where you have a boss or a superior maybe in your career that always tries to make jokes and the jokes are not funny? What do you do? In the board meetings, ah, ah, you will laugh, oh. If I, you will laugh, you will hold your stomach. Hallelujah. Now, if it's rude to do with that to man, to not laugh at his jokes, how much more God? And this time around, you're not even to fake it. He wants you to see the work of salvation for the beautiful merciful, gracious act that it is. He wants you to bless him for blessing you in Christ Jesus. That, that's meant to be your response. Hallelujah. And if you don't do that, something's wrong. You see, I said last week in the Lagos church, there is something about joy, and it is this. Joy is not complete until it is shared. Joy is not complete until it is shared. Have you ever experienced this where maybe you were in a place where you didn't really have friends and something very interesting happened and you just wish there was a close person around you could share that moment with? And you feel deprived because you feel like that joy was short-lived. That, that joy would have blossomed more if there was someone to share it with. Or you find a video that you really love on Instagram and you direct message to an average youth today has about four people that you know you just deal. And then what happens sometimes you're so eager for them to see it. And they've not seen it, maybe they are busy. Have you ever messaged them that guy check your DM? <laughs> because it, 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 the laugh is not complete until he laughs. That, that's how love is. That's how I love it. So it matters to God that you respond to his delight with delight. It matters to God. You have to respond. Because the glory of God, I'm sure you were taught this last week, is not actually independent of your happiness. 
That's the way love works. That's the way God chose it to be. No matter how well I'm doing as an individual, if my daughters are not happy, if my wife is not happy, I'm not happy. There are things that can happen to them that will ruin my joy, even if things are happening to me. Has it ever happened to you that something great happened that you couldn't celebrate because someone close to you is going through a bad time? That's the way love works. So God wants you to delight in his delight. You see, a lot of people, you know, just think Christianity is about, okay, in the past week, I've not been angry. I've not fought anyone. I've held myself. I really tried. In fact, I've not lost it against or at anyone. That's quite a feat. You know me now normally. But Christianity is bigger than that. Tim Keller defines sin this way. Sin is not just liking bad things. It is wanting good things badly. Let me take, take that again. Sin is not just wanting bad things. It is wanting good things badly. And this is what I mean. There is an affection that you can have towards things that becomes inordinate. It becomes sinful. So it's okay to eat. God wants you to eat and be healthy. But you can have an unhealthy relationship with food and be a gluten. Praise the Lord. You can have an unhealthy relationship with sex and be a fornicator and adulterer. You see, even the good things can be taken overboard. And so, there is a spot in your life that God and only God should have. Praise the name of the Lord. God wants to be at the pinnacle of your affection. He wants to be the source of your highest delights. Not just, oh, I go to church, I read the daily devotional. He wants to be your highest delight. You have to understand that. And if you don't get that yet, you've not understood what I've been teaching you. He wants to be your highest delight. He wants to be your highest delight. So maybe you're here, you've been like, okay, I, I came to church today. I tried. I didn't do any bad thing last week. But then, you, who has been quiet thus far from the beginning of the service till now, when you're watching your football game this afternoon, you are all over the place screaming, shouting, grabbing the person by your side, grabbing pillows, throwing things in, in anger. And God's like, okay. <laughs> like, I, I've never seen you respond this way to me. Praise the name of Jesus. So there is a kind of relationship you can have with stuff that it becomes idolatry. Because God doesn't want duty alone. He wants delight. Say I hear. 
All right, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. I want to show you something. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Please, I just want to say, I know this place is not cooling as it should. If you know me very well, you know I don't, I don't take things like this lightly. We've been to their head office in Lagos twice in the past week. And we have even told them, if this will continue, we want our money back. All right, so we're working on that. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So just, you know, with your hanky, you do this. You dap. You're all right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's part of delight. You enjoy. You ruin your makeup for Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. God is speaking of his people Israel. He says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out systems, broken systems, that hold no water. Now, if you are reading this strictly, unaware of all I've been teaching about joy, you just say, that's not two evils, that's one. They abandoned God and went to other things. It's one abandonment. For he says there too. It's bad enough that you left me. But what did you leave me for? Systems that hold no water. You, you know, let me give you a, an example. Just imagine, God forbid, you have a marriage partner, like you, your husband or your wife, God forbid, cheats on you. And you're heartbroken. And you're like, how can you do that? You're disappointed and you're angry. But then you now see the person. And listen, no disrespect to the person. It's just like, you're not even saying, you, don't, you never saw yourself as better than anybody. But you're just like, there is nothing this person has has that I don't have. And you are even more annoyed. <laughs> I hope you don't have experience. <laughs> so, yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, so that's the kind of experience it is we, we, we're talking about here. Like, okay, it's bad enough you left me the fountain of living water. You went for broken vessels. Like, like seriously. This is, you're far too easily impressed. This is what is impressing you. You left me for this. This. Ah. Praise the Lord. You left me the fountain of living water. Okay. So now you are so busy. You don't have time to pray. You don't have time to worship. What is getting your affection? What is getting your time? Let's look at it. Say, oh God. You know, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. God says, well, why are you busy? And then you say, oh, you know how I've been struggling with my job and all of that? And it's like, oh, you mean the one I gave you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You left me for what? Hallelujah. He said, you left me the fountain of living water. He said, nothing satisfies like me. Nothing. No wonder you still aren't happy. You have more money now, you still aren't happy. 
You're hopping from relationship to relationship. And that's symptomatic of the fact that you are looking for satisfaction that only I can give. Looking for approval everywhere. Because you've left me, God says, the fountain of living water. And you're trying to hewn for yourself systems that hold no water. In me is endless supply. I'm a fountain of living water. And you're, even if the bela could hold, it's not enough. But now it's broken. Broken systems. Seriously. Like, you're leaving me? Where are you going? Who are you going to leave me for? God's issue with a lot of believers is that they are far too easily impressed. You don't leave God for change. He's worth more. Praise the name of Jesus. So it's very important that you see this. Your faith. The, see, the modus operandi of your faith is a love walk. Faith works by love. I want to show you this. Look at First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 22. It's one of the most interesting verses in the Bible. I've said that about many verses. They're all interesting. This is so interesting that I think for emphasis it was left in the original language a particular statement. Everybody read 1 Corinthians 16.22 together. One to go. It says if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ let him be anathema maranatha. Anathema Maranatha means cursed eternally. Let him be damned to hellfire. And we know that it is faith in Jesus that justifies. But well, faith works by love. We know that you have found saving faith when there is nothing else that commands your affection like Jesus Christ. And so because faith is so intertwined with love, he could as well say, you know what, anyone who does not love me, he could have said, anyone who does not believe in me, which is the gospel, will be cursed eternally. But he says, anyone who does not love me, let him be anathema maranatha. A strong statement. Listen, this is a love walk, not a duty call. It's love. Amen, somebody. And so your, your faith walk is incomplete and is flawed if it is not typified by love. There is no duty in God that shouldn't be a delight. None at all. None at all. Hallelujah. Prayer is meant to be a delight. You know, when I first got born again, and I mean that not to say that there was second and third, but <laughs> I mean in the early phases of my faith work, I noticed something. Then I still wasn't really disciplined in my prayer time. But I noticed that if I go through this without praying, 
I begin to feel very weird. I, I, it was almost physical, like something is wrong. I was wrong. It was something I noticed. Hallelujah. Because prayer is a delight. Hallelujah. Says prayer is a delight. Hallelujah. Even giving is a delight. Giving is a delight. Well, we're going to give today. You're aware, right? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Glory to God. Well, are you there? We have to start that sword game competition again. Praise the Lord. Divide your Bible. Now, in Christian parties, children are dancing zanku. You know it's true. Let's not lie. The movie is nice, Sha, but that's besides the point. All right, Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven. Read together, one to go. Hallelujah. It says, every man as he proposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly. Listen, so our giving must never be from a grudging heart, a heart of grudge. Or out of necessity, they forced me. (laughs) It says, because God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful delightful giver in fact the greek word used there is translated in some other places as hilarious like you're just excited about it yeah i know that there are a lot of things i can do with money but i love jesus don't forget the context he's talking about the church at macedonia they had a lot of needs but i love jesus okay we need to do this for the gospel oh yeah don't worry he will supply all my needs. Don't worry. Let's meet this one first. Glory to God. So even in giving, sacrificial giving, we are delightful. See, that's my life. Our prayer walk is, is delightful. Uh, we are delightful in our generosity. Delightful to be with the brethren. Delightful in our study of the word of God. Make it a point of duty to fall in love with the word of God today. Or more realistically, this year, okay? Fall in love with the word of God this year. Did you hear what I said? And I will just focus on that and bring the sermon to a close. I want to talk on joy in the word. Joy in the word of God. Joy. So like every other discipline, every other devotion that is in God, God expects you to be delightful about his word. Hallelujah. Do you know, I sincerely don't get it, the fact that some people can go 
two days, three days without reading the Bible. I, I don't get it. As in, I sincerely don't. I sincerely don't. I actually genuinely love the word of God. I've been this way before I started preaching. Preaching <laughs> can be many times, I've considered it in the past, maybe I've changed my opinion now, but I've considered it in the past as a distraction to my own personal study life. Because now, there is a curriculum, I, I, I just want to dig further for my own benefit. But I must preach twice a week. So I must consider you and study and prepare and try to craft it in a way that you understand. And that takes a lot of work. It's delightful, but I'm just like, hi. My own personal study would have been longer if I didn't have to worry about you guys. I'm telling you the honest truth. Because it's a delight. I love the word of God. If I wasn't a preacher, I would still love the word of God. And you should too. And I'm just going to read to you texts that talk about the word of God so that you will see something that stands out in all three of them. I'll read three of them to you. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. We'll read Psalms... 112 also, verse 1. And then we'll read Psalm 19, verse 10. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Are you in Psalms chapter 1 from verse 1 and 2? Yes, sir. Very popular verse. It says, Blessed is man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his duty... But his devotion? No. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Oh, glory to God. But his delight. So, it's not good enough that, oh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't relate with people who are scornful. Some people, all their friends are scornful. Especially the popular trend these days. A lot of people have positioned themselves against the church. Am I aware that a lot of things are not working the way they should? Of course. If you follow this ministry, you know. I've been talking about it for years. Praise the name of Jesus. But when you emphasize too much all the things that are wrong, you make people lose faith in the body of Christ altogether. So you hear people say things like, they make absolute statements. There is no good church in Nigeria. What do you mean? That's not true. If there is none, start one. Because, because the gathering is still God's idea. Praise the name of Jesus. But it's not enough to say, I'm not going to relate with people who are scornful. That's duty. He says, but his delight is in the law of God. Now, this is David, a man of the senses, talking. He didn't even know a lot of the things we know now. 
Hallelujah. Because the dispensation of the Spirit has explained Christ to us better. There's a lot more to delight in the Word of God. Praise the name of Jesus. And he says his delight is in the law of God. Delight. So, you, you love it. <laughs> David was in love with the scriptures. And he said, such a man is blessed. Not just the man who dutifully avoids wrong, but delightfully embraces right. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at Psalm 112, verse 1. Psalm 112, verse 1. He says, praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears God, who delights greatly in his commandments. Everybody read Psalm 112, verse 1 together. One, two, go. Hallelujah. Who delights greatly, greatly, greatly. So, you are, you are, you are reading with, with fervor and devotion. You are highlighting. You know, there's a popular quote that the Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to a person whose life isn't. Hallelujah. Highlight it is your own. Put remarks on the side. Praise the name of Jesus. There's a habit I've had over the years. I just buy a new Bible every new season. Finish it. Mark some things. Pick a new one. Read it. Finish. Glory be to God. Delight is in the, in the law of the Lord. In the word of God. It's not a chore. It's a pleasure. A delight. To learn about his love. To learn to communicate it better. Praise the name of Jesus. Read novels. Read news blogs, but read your Bible for God's sake. Read your Bible. Psalm chapter 19, verse 10. Psalm chapter 19, verse 10. She's making a remark about the Word of God. He says, It is more to be desired. Than gold. What a statement. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea. Than fine gold. Aye. The word of God is sweeter than money. Sweeter than honey. It says sweeter also than honey. And the honeycomb. Hallelujah. Have you ever been reading the Bible. And you're just like. Hey. This, this thing. Hey. Has something stared you before. That's how to know you are growing. Have you listened to a sermon that stared you before? Maybe when you first joined this church, you're, you're watching people's response and you're like, ah, what's wrong with them? Yeah. When, when people are just moving in their seats, you know, and maybe at some statements they go, glory! You're like, what's that? Until you get to a point, it begins to stare you too. It has that effect in you. You begin to respond. It says it's sweeter than honey. Even than the honeycomb. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the word of God. David was not exaggerating. It's true. It's sweet like that. It's more to be desired than fine gold. 
So he's saying, in all your pursuit of money, pursue the word of God more. Invest to know the word of God. Buy books. Good books. Praise the Lord. Invest. Buy Bible translations. Invest. Glory be to God. When I check your phone, I should see different types of apps. Bible apps. You, sh- you, you, you have to have commentary. You must. You must. You have to have concordance. You must. Have different translations. So that you can compare. You know, delight is noticeable. Even when you are eating food and you are enjoying it, people can see. Some, by default, are just making some sound. Mm. <laughs> you know. Hallelujah. Enjoy the word of God. Learn to enjoy the word of God. Tell the person by your side, say, learn to enjoy the word of God. Hallelujah. In Psalm 119, verse 105, David said, Thy word is a lamb unto my feet and a light to my path. Have you ever walked in the dark before and you had to use a torchlight? Those of you who attended federal government schools, government secondary schools, you know what I'm saying. Don't laugh to cover it up. You know, those are your torchlights. And then literally you can just see at best, if it fits from where your, your, your legs are. He says, you should have that kind of relationship with the word of God. Lamp onto your foot. Light to your path. That in an age of darkness, the word of God illuminates your path. That every time, you know, you're taking instructions from the word. Not from news blogs. Not from popular opinions, but from the word of God. It's lamp to your feet. Light to your path. Hallelujah. It's a dark age. If you don't walk with the word, you will stumble. You will stumble. Says the word of God. Lamp to my feet. So that tells you also, the word of God should always be close to you. Always. Always. I get my direction from the word of God. Instruction from the word of God. Lamp to my feet. Lights to my path. Say lamp to my feet. Light to my path. Say again. Say lamp to my feet. Light to my path. Hallelujah. Say I'll never walk in darkness. Hallelujah. That's the relationship you should have with the word of God. Let the word of God guide your life. Guide your emotions. Guide your emotions. You know, years ago, I saw a fine believer I know. He came to my house about 2 p.m. And he was just on the edge. Have you had days like that? Where the littlest things are annoying you. Everything is just annoying you. Simple things. Why is this fly flying? Like, flies fly, bro. 
simple things are just annoying you. You say, I don't know why. You might have different definitions for it. I'm just on the edge today. I told him, I said, check very well. Every time you find yourself in this mood, it will be a day you have not prayed. And he said, it's true. It's true. It's true. So we're talking today about how joy in the word of God guides our emotions. It does. Check what I'm saying. Every day that you step into the day having had a very vibrant moment of worship, vibrant devotion, you've read your Bible, you prayed up, you studied up, you're always better prepared for the day. Always. And your emotions are not all over the place. Even as a believer, if you don't, if you're not serious about your devotion, it may seem like your joy will diminish. Hallelujah. So you use duty to protect your delight. Did you hear what I said? So you put structure in place. This is my prayer time. This is my study time. This is how much study I want to do. You use duty to protect your delight. I have to be disciplined in my devotion. Otherwise, my delight, my joy will be affected. Without duty, you may not always delight in God as you should. Are you aware? Check it. The times where your, your spiritual life is just slow, sluggish. Check it. Most times, it has been long. You listen to a staring sermon, read a staring book. Something is wrong. Praise the name of Jesus. I think this light is in people's eyes. Is it? Alright, can something be done now? Can you dim it or even put it off? This one. Alright. Praise the name of Jesus. So you protect your delight with duty. Can you say that? I protect my delight with duty. Simple things that you can do. Things that they taught you when you first gave your heart to Christ, but now you are feeling like a big boy, you don't need it. No wonder you are in trouble. <laughs> Maybe you should consider having a Bible reading plan again. Have a plan. Alright, be organized in it. Have a plan. Maybe you should start visiting bookstores again to pick good books. Pick good books. So maybe you're here. You've not even read Saving Grace. Maybe your finances are in such a precarious situation you cannot afford it. Well, borrow. Didn't you borrow handouts in school? Praise the name of the Lord. Photocopied people's books. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can, can I tell you something? Okay. I will tell you when the internet is not on. So in case about people are listening. <laughs> Honestly, I just, what's most important for me 
is that you get the message. Alright. Borrow it, read it. If you can, get it. If you can, get for people. But the most important thing is the message in there. You have to have read it. You have to have read it. Read good books. We've created a platform, a devotion platform. You belong to a local assembly that actually cares about your spiritual growth. We've gone out of our way. Apart from two midweek services and two services every week, we have prayer times morning and evening. Morning and evening through audio live streaming. Just get the link. All you have to do is tune in. Praise the name of the Lord. Tune in. Make it a point of duty. Some of you, I see you active on Instagram, but I never see you on that devotion platform. And I'm wondering why. You have to protect your delight with duty. Have structure in place. Even as a man of God, you see, your delight in God is not automatic. You have to have structure. You have a fasting plan. You have a study plan. You have a prayer plan. Alright? So crucial. Say loud, Amen. And the final thing I want to share with you today, as a round off, is what to do with the knowledge of the Word of God. You know what? Just turn this thing off if you can. Turn it off. You have to direct this thing in a way that it doesn't affect people's eyes. Turn it on, easy, blink it. All right. I want to talk to you about self-talk. It's a very powerful weapon in the Word of God. So, you use this through what is called meditation to direct your emotions. I'm going to start by reading to you a quote by Martin Lloyd-Jones. He said, most of our unhappiness in life is due to the fact that we are listening to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. Let me say it again. He said, most of, he actually said, most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. You have to take yourself in the hand. You have to address yourself, preach to yourself, question yourself. You must say to your soul, why are you cast down? What business have you to be disquieted? You must turn yourself, upbraid yourself, correct yourself, exhort yourself, and say to yourself, hope thou in God, instead of muttering in this depressed, unhappy way. Hallelujah. What a thought, right? A lot of people listen to themselves instead of speaking to themselves. And you see, this is a very popular discipline in the word of God. You know, where David will say, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to himself. Because your soul will not always feel like blessing the Lord. So you command your body, you command your emotions, okay, with self-talk, with the word of God. You align your emotions with the word of God. You use the word of God as a weapon to direct your emotions. You're not listening to yourself to know how you feel. You tell yourself how to feel. And say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. 
Hallelujah. Sometimes you may want to forget. Sometimes you're like, has God done anything at all? You speak to yourself. And say, hey, you call your name. And say, you will not be forgetful. In Judges chapter 5 verse 21. He said, oh my soul, why hast thou trodden down? Thou hast trodden down strength. You know, it's a self-talk. Very popular idea in the word of God. To say, okay, sometimes it might help to say, why are you feeling this way? Why am I feeling this way? What is wrong? Why am I edgy? What's the matter? Many times, when you can point out where uh, that funny feeling is coming from, you can check it out easily. But you don't just allow your emotions drive you. You regulate your emotions with the word of God. Hallelujah. Self-talk. You talk to yourself with the word of God. It's not just to read it. You recite it to yourself. I have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. You won't always feel forgiven. So you have to talk to yourself. Say I have. Redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Self-talk. Self-talk. Because the enemy is talking to you. He's trying to put his lies into your mind. So you have to talk. Can I tell you something? Oh, glory to God. I wish I had more time. But let me tell you this. At the temptation of Jesus... What do you think was happening? Do you think all that was happening was literal? That the devil actually took Jesus by hand and flew from the wilderness to the pinnacle of the temple. And everybody looked and said, oh, oh that's Jesus. Who is this standing with? He said, oh, wait, keep quiet. Keep, reduce your voice. The devil is tempting him. <laughs> is that what you thought happened? And that Satan now took Jesus to, to the mountain. And said, see the whole world. And then, went, you know, Jesus now said, get thee behind me, Satan. And Satan said, okay. And he said, wait, 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 come back. Take me back to where you picked me from. <laughs> it happened in the arena of temptation. It happens where all temptations take place. In the mind. You know, you can be in one place and journey. You go to the mountain, you come back. You go to the pinnacle of the temple, you come back. You know? So if anyone else was there, he would see just Jesus. But he would see Jesus talking out. The fact that the temptation was in your mind does not mean you will respond. The mistake many believers make is when they have a temptation in the mind, they just they shake their mind. Don't shake your mind. You don't shake your mind by turning your head away. Can I tell you something? If you see something tempting, it can stay in your mind for the rest of your life. If you like, close your eyes, you'll see it. Are you aware there's lead cream behind your eyelids? Some of you know what I'm saying. You will close your eyes, you will still be seeing it. For one of the most brilliant ways to command your emotions, command your mind is with your words. Alright? So you say, get me behind. Now, People are like, ah, what's happening? If anybody was there, they were like, Jesus, who are you talking to? You talk. You might not be able to talk so loud so that you don't appear weird, 
But when you are experiencing temptation, some of you need what I'm saying now. When you are battling temptation in your mind, you have to talk. You have to talk. You say why you won't do it. You say who you are in Christ. And then you quote the word of God. You have to quote it out. Because you command your emotions with words, not with thoughts. You don't control thoughts with thoughts. You control thoughts with words. You speak. You speak. Have you noticed? Okay, when someone you meet a friend, an old friend on the road, and you may never see the person again, you want the person's number, and you say, okay, just call the number, I will try to recollect. When the person calls the number, what do you do to make sure you don't forget? You will say, 080, until you get to your paper. Because what you repeat, you recollect. You see that? That's the influence your words have on your memory. You can't be a doer of the word of God without your words. You can't. You have to speak it. Speak the word of God. Speak it to yourself. You pick up that Bible. You know some people say, I don't hear from God. Read your Bible loud. <laughs> Alright. The statements of God. Though, because there are different statements in the Bible. Alright. Don't go and open and say, if you are the son of God, turn this door to the Hallelujah. Do you get what I'm saying? So you, you, you read it out to yourself. He has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You say that. It's a very powerful weapon in your daily devotion. After you have prayed, after you have studied, you, you, you load your gun with confessions. And start talking to yourself. Hallelujah. Because if you know anything about the power of God, you know that it has to be given direction. So you are going to say that as you step into the day, you will, you will overcome temptation. You have to say it. You have to say that as you step into the day, the power of God is going to flow through you to be a blessing to lives. You have to say it. You have to say that you have a sound mind. You have to say that you are not anxious about anything. You have to say that even that job that is trying to get you to be pressured is under control. You have to say it. You talk to yourself. Because in the self-talk is the victory. Hallelujah. Well, are you ready to practice that? Okay. Prepare. First of all, I want to give you two minutes. Gather your lyrics. Write first. What are, what are you going to say? What, do you, what mind battle do you want to control? What is getting you perturbed, perturbed right now? Well, what does the word of God say about it? I'm giving you time to load your gun. Load your gun. And you will notice that the more you say it, the more the boldness comes. At first, in fact, you are so weak, hero. Like the temptation has gotten you, you are still saying it. Uh, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Those things have passed away. What? No, you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Like, <laughs> you keep saying it! Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people, they've learned to carry their Bible around. But a lot of people have not learned how the Bible can carry them. The Word of God can carry them. I'm just telling you how. You speak it to yourself. Speak it. Some of you are not writing. It's like you know the word so well. You already know what to say. 30 seconds more. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you need this. Don't waste this time, okay? You need this. Some of you, the Lord has given you a vision and you are afraid. This is one way to handle fear. With the word of God. With the word of God. Hallelujah. That's how Jesus was. He went... Immediately after the temptation, he went straight to the synagogue. They said, who, who, wants to, who has a recitation? Who wants to read? He opened. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He read that. The Bible says when he was, and then when he was done, he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. And the Bible says, all eyes were on him. You could have just said, ah, he's written about me. Why do I have to say it? Jesus said it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus was very vocal. Because the realm of the spirit is a realm of words. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? One to go. Hallelujah. Alright, stand to your feet. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, Reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.